my name is Wyatt Mickle, and this is my podcast. Here we discover what the Bible says and learn how to love God and to love people. Last week we learned what the gospel is and how that transforms our lives. And so this week I want to talk more about that transformation. And uh, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, then I highly suggest it. So I want to start off with an analogy because last week I told you that there is good news and bad news. So imagine you're sitting on an airplane flight, the plane starts shaking really bad, you're going through a rough storm, and the pilot gets on the intercom and says, when we're going through a rough patch, the plane is about to crash, but under your seat there's a parachute. So, I mean, what do you do? You look under your seat, and you say, oh yeah, there is a parachute. You could either, one, just sit back and acknowledge that there's a parachute under your seat, or you can be a reasonable person and put on the parachute so that you don't die. Well, that's kind of the picture that we have with the gospel, that the bad news is that we're all sinners, we have fallen short of God's law, but the good news is that Jesus came and died in our place so that we can have life in him and a relationship with God. Many people may hear that and it's up to them to decide whether they're going to put on the parachute or if they're just going to acknowledge that it's there. I feel like that that's something that a lot of people do today. They just say, oh, uh, Jesus died on the cross and now I just have my ticket into heaven so I can do whatever I want now, right? And that is not what the Bible tells us. Once we accept this good news, there are two things that we have to do. The first is uh, repentance. I think this is something that everyone, including Christians, should do because we're not perfect. And once we turn from our sin, doing pretty much a 180 from it, that brings about forgiveness. When we turn from our sins and look to God, we are forgiven. The second thing that you do is you trust, you put your faith in Jesus, put on that parachute, right? I know that I wrote about this, or I posted a picture of it on Instagram. There is a time in my class, we were asked some sort of question, and then I decided to write about what faith is. And many people I know, and if you Google it, then the definition of faith will probably pop up as belief without evidence. But that is not what faith is in the Bible at all. Uh, faith in the Bible is, you could basically call it trust. I mean, if you put your trust in something, you're going to do that with evidence, right? If you, if you are in a marriage relationship, you're going to trust that your spouse isn't going to go off and start being with other people because you guys have one 
been bonded into a marriage covenant. Two, you have been with each other for a while, so you probably have good reasons to think that you won't be separated. So the faith that we put in Jesus is more of a trust. So we put our trust in Jesus that he took our sins and that he's forgiven them. So once you have put your trust in Jesus, does that mean you should continue sinning? I don't think that is the answer. Once you put your faith in Jesus, in the Bible it talks about being born again. Basically, once you have given your trust to Jesus, that should cause a transformation within you. It should pretty much make you want to do what God wants for your life, which is to turn from sin and to be in a relationship with him. So many people, when they become Christians, they're like, I turn from my sin, but I still struggle with temptation and I still give in to sin. Does that mean I'm not saved? The answer to that is, no, you are saved. Jesus, his death, his resurrection, his new life covers over you, not just your individual sins, but you as a whole. We all as humans are tempted. Even Jesus, when he was on earth, he also was tempted. And so obviously temptation is innocent, but giving into those desires that is what sin is, is giving into the temptation of what the Bible calls the flesh. And this is talked about more in Galatians. Like I said, flesh is, in the Bible, our desires as humans to do evil, basically what we want to do in our own eyes. That is the desires of the flesh. In Galatians 5.19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and all things like those. So these should be in conflict with what your new life is like in Jesus. There should be a battle within you between the desires of your flesh and the fruit of the spirit. So the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit, these two are in conflict with each other. Even Paul talks about it in Romans. He says that he desires to do good because of what Jesus did from on the cross. He wants to do good but his sinful nature is still there. He still deals with these sinful desires because, I mean, look down. What are you made of? Obviously, it's flesh. If you're made of anything else, um, then I guess you're an alien. <laughs> um, so once you look down, you see that you're made of flesh. So we're all human beings, right? As a human being, we still, in this current time, deal with these desires of sexual immorality, idolatry, anger, envy, a bunch of other things. And that's just human beings. We deal with these things. But as Christians, we want to do what 
the fruit of the spirit is, which verse 22 of Galatians chapter 5, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And so if you are in a place that you are like, oh yeah, Jesus died on the cross for me and he rose again, but you have not had a transformation in your life where there's this conflict between your flesh and doing the fruit of the spirit, then you should ask yourself, have I really put my trust in Jesus? If you do feel this conflict where you want to do what the fruit of the spirit says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, then I think that's, that is evident that you have put your trust in Jesus because you want to do what God's will is, but your flesh is in conflict with that. And so what can we do to make sure that we do God's will? How can we, how can we do that? And there are a couple things that I noted down. The first one that I think is really important is that we have to die to ourselves daily. And this doesn't mean obviously um, actually killing yourself that I don't think is something that God wants for anyone. But instead, this is a picture that is drawn in Romans. Actually, before we go to that, I think there's a passage right after the fruit of the Spirit. It says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So, once we enter into this relationship with God, basically what we're doing is taking our desires and putting them to death with Jesus because that's what he did on the cross for us. He bore our sins, took our iniquities. And so daily, not just daily, but I think even hourly or even by the minute or second, you have to remind yourself that you have nailed your flesh with Jesus on the cross that Jesus came, he died for us, and he took our sins. Oh, let's go to that passage. Romans chapter 6, verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So that is what the picture of baptism is. Um, it's explained here. It says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So this picture of baptism is very important. If you have not been baptized, then I think it's something that you should do. It's a public profession you profess your faith in front of the public. This picture of going under the water is putting your flesh to death. Is that death with Christ? And then coming back out of the water is the new life in Jesus. That's what the picture of baptism is. You have died to your old self and now you have been raised into newness of life. So let's continue reading verse 5. 
For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. For if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him, for the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. If you want to know more about the flesh and overcoming that, I think Romans is a really good book. It talks about new life in Christ, and he even talks about what I said, this conflict between the flesh and the spirit, and how we can overcome that by daily putting to death our sin and living a life in Christ. Next thing I want to talk about is the armor of God. This is also a really cool passage, and I think it is helpful for us as believers to use this picture of armor to defend ourselves, and keep us in the battle against the flesh. This is in it's in Ephesians 6.10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you will extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. In this we see that when it says that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, it's talking about other people. We, Our enemies obviously aren't the people that live around us, but instead the evil and darkness in this world and that is within our flesh, which is our sinful nature. So in this case, um, don't fight against the people of the world because our enemy isn't humans. It's the darkness that is within the world and that not just other people cause but we ourselves cause daily we're all bad people we do 
our part in making the world not so great of a place, even though it might not be on a, such a great a scale as other people. Do. And so this passage talks about how we can fight against the flesh and against the evil that is in the world. So first it says to fasten the belt of truth. You know what? I could just have a whole study on this. So I guess for right now, I'll just make it short. So fasten on the belt of truth, which is Jesus it says he's the way, the truth, the life. Then having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and this isn't our own righteousness, but the righteousness that was given to us through Jesus. For shoes, have the readiness of the gospel. So I think I said this last week. If you don't think the gospel is for you and you say that you're a Christian, uh, think again, because the gospel is really for all people and especially all Christians. This is something that we need to use in fighting against the evil in our flesh. And so we have to keep this on our minds and be ready to stand against the darkness with the gospel that brings peace. Next, it says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. So, like I said, our faith is trust in Jesus. So putting up our trust is very important. Remembering that we have given ourselves to Jesus. We have died to our flesh. Next, we have the helmet of salvation. So I think a good thing to remember for all Christians is that when you struggle with temptation and you're battling against it, you have to remember that your salvation has already been secured in Jesus. I think that's something that is very important for people because I know when I would end up falling into sin, I would, of course, we all feel bad as Christians for sinning against God, but it does not mean that you have lost your salvation because you have sinned once. If you are battling constantly, then your salvation is secured. So, the helmet of salvation is something that is very important for us to remember. And finally, I think, yes, finally is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the sword of the spirit is the word of God, which is the Bible. This is one of the most powerful things that you can use to fight against evil. We can see this in Jesus's temptation. When Jesus went into the wilderness, he used God's words to combat the evil. And so I think if that's something that Jesus did, then that should be something that we do as well. If you are struggling with sin and temptation, start reading through the Bible and putting on these other parts of the armor of God. Because in combat, once you use the word of God... It is a powerful weapon to fight against the flesh. And he says with this, to pray at all times. And this is something that I know I have a, a hard time with. I'm not the best at constantly praying. I try to pray at least once per day. I definitely want to try and build that up more. 
so that I can be in better connection with God and fighting against these sinful temptations that I battle with. And so, yeah, I would also, I'd like to say that these are things, I'm not saying all this as like, this is something that you all have to do because I've done this already and now you have to do it as well. Um, I am a human being and I also struggle with sin and temptation and I need to remember these things as well because I I can't do it on my own. I need these things to help me battling the flesh. And finally, um, this is one that I heard from someone that I thought was really interesting that has been on my mind for a bit. And when you fight against the flesh, fight as a dead man. I was thinking to myself, what does that mean to fight like a dead man? To fight as if you're dead. If you're dead, then how can you fight? I thought about it and I've gotten to have a conversation with a friend about living this life for Jesus and really fighting like a dead man, fighting as if you are dead is surrendering yourself to God. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, and not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. There is nothing in our own power that we can do to battle sin. So if we do it by ourselves, then that gives us something to boast about. The only thing that we should boast is Jesus, because Jesus came and he died for us. He took our sins. He went straight into battle for us. Fighting like a dead man is not surrendering yourself to sin and having that rule your life, but to put that to death and live in surrender to God. That is how you fight. You put on the armor of God, the sword of the spirit, but you kneel down before God and you ask him to go before you in the battle. I think that is, I think it's so powerful because I know in my past I have tried to see this picture of the armor of God and as something where I grab the sword and I run out into battle and I start fighting the enemy but I would be doing that in my own power instead of resting in what God has done for me being thankful for that and surrendering surrendering myself to God's will and the surrender to God's will is it's not a bad thing God is a good God and once you have been transformed by the gospel, your will starts to, over time, align with God's will. And when we grow in relationship with God, we are able to rest in him and let him go before us in battle. Finally, I would like to take some time to, to talk about a couple of things that we can do to build our relationship with God. The first thing that I think is very important is 
get yourself a Bible and take time daily to read it. Even if it's just a few verses, take time to open up the Word of God because I think I talked about it last week. It's like if you go out in your backyard and you find out that there are a bunch of riches buried. And so obviously if there's some gold or money that's buried under your yard, you're going to start digging for it, right? It's something that you should be excited, you get excited for. This is like what the Bible is. It's this book where you can go in and there are riches inside of it. And as Christians, we should get excited to read God's word because it is him communicating to us. If you are someone and you're like, oh, I just feel like God doesn't communicate to me. I want to ask you the question, when was the last time you opened up your Bible? Those are God's words to us. If you are having a hard time hearing God's words, it's because you don't know what he has already said. When you take time to read the Bible, you grow in understanding what God's will is and what he has said for us. I think it brings us comfort. The next thing that I also want to recommend is get in a practice of praying daily. This is also something that I have been working on and that I am continuing to do is to take time to pray. This is me getting to communicate with God. Many people think that prayer is something where you just go before God and you you just ask him, God, give me a new car. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's, God is not a cosmic vending machine. I've heard it said. And I just think that's a great picture because many times we just go before him. We put in our prayers and then we expect to get something out. But actually prayer is getting to communicate to God ourselves. And this communication is, I think, something that is very important for us because God has spoken to us in his word. And so we get to communicate to him in prayer. And it's not bad to ask God for things if there's someone that's dealing with some health problems and you want to pray for them and ask God to heal them that's that's obviously something that we should be praying for but you have to understand that the more that we read God's word and spend time with prayer the more that like I said our will will start to align with God's will and so we start communicating to God it just builds our relationship with him like I said Finally, the third thing that I would recommend is finding a a good Bible teaching church to go to because when we are battling the flesh, this isn't something that we should do on our own. The church is a community of believers. It's the family of God. And we come together on Sunday and throughout the week, we might meet up with small groups or just one-on-one and take time to read God's word and to help each other through our struggles. I think that's the most important thing because many people are think church is something that you do once you become a Christian. You just go there and that's one of the requirements. And actually, church is something that is 
to help us in fighting the battle of the flesh. That being said, I wrote this out in one sentence that I think sums up the entire thing. We are made right with God through faith in Jesus. When we go out in our week and struggle with this battle against the flesh, we should remember that Jesus has come on this earth. He lived a perfect life. He still came and died on the cross for your sins so that you can stand before God blameless, not because of your own work, but because of what Jesus did for us. So when you go into battle against the flesh, you should be in surrender to God, putting on the whole armor and bowing before God and thanking him for the salvation that he has given us. So Lord, thank you for your son. Thank you for sending Jesus to us to die in our place because we can't battle the evil in this world on our own. Lord, help us to go into our week and create in us a desire to read your word, to pray, and to be in communion with you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us. Help us in this battle with flesh and go before us. God, we surrender to you. Help us to grow in relationship with you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. It was kind of released a little late. Um, I have been busy with school, of course. And um, another thing that has been on my mind recently I've been given the opportunity to do Bible studies on Sunday with the teens at our church. And so I have been thinking about how I am going to start that with my youth pastor and how we're going to set it up. And we need to figure out how the time that we get is going to look like. And I've also been thinking about how that time will also relate with my podcast because it might be hard to do two studies in a week so I might just create this teaching for the podcast and also have it be something that I teach on Sundays so that's just some stuff that's been on my mind anyways thank you all for listening to this episode I hope that you have a great week and I pray that you are encouraged by this and that that you are given motivation to read God's word and to battle this battle of flesh that we all have to fight. If you need encouragement with that, then please reach out to me. I put my Instagram in the description. So at the top of the page, when you click on the description, it should be right there. You can message me if you have any questions or if you need someone to talk to about about struggles that you're going through, then I'd be happy to talk and pray with you. Thank you all, and God bless.